Oh, cool. Right. Okay. If we're all ready, I'm going to hit the doodah. Do it. You good? Right. Silence, fools. And welcome to the Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. You're joining us on the stream tonight, or if you're listening to us, we're joining you in your ears. But if you are on the stream tonight on YouTube, wave, everyone, wave. That is why they're here. Wave. Okay, that's it. Fine, enough waving. Uh, So it's the usual Too Much Time on Our Hands team, uh, but we're joined again for the second time in the podcast history uh, by Rich from Penguin Audio, uh, who is joining us tonight to talk to us all about the Discworld audiobooks that are going to be coming out. Before we get into all that, though, I'll just introduce the team for anyone who's joining us for the first time on the stream. If you're one of the very few people watching the stream right now. uh, Hello, Russ. Hello. I didn't Hello, think you were going to come to me first and you completely throw me. Mm. Oh, sorry, mate. Um, well, just spontaneous. 0405-22 be with you, Tom. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's very good. Hello, yeah. Dan. Uh, and hello, Duncan. Kiss my dingaling, Tom. <laughs> Kiss my... <laughs> oh, my God. That's really stuck in my head. So, so straight there. there. Um, while, while you're doing the intro, so I'm just going to jiggle the Zoom screen around. You're not going to feel anything. Don't worry. Oh, God. <laughs> I think we'll go. We'll go three and two. All right, um, Tom. Oh, hi, how are you? Horrible. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. And of course, I am Tom. Thank you, Duncan, for reminding everyone. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hello, Rich. Welcome. Hello. Right, I've uh, never so, met this guy before. Who is he? That's weird. <laughs> so Rich joined us previously to talk to us about uh, it was a series of Judge Dread um, audiobooks, and that was what? God, that was about two years ago. I think really it was about two years ago. It was eighteen in months. The midst of lockdown, I remember that much. Yeah, yeah about eighteen God. months ago. Fair dues. Well, if, look, you, if you'd sure... genuinely asked me, I'd have said two weeks ago. <laughs> and like, yeah. it's 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 bonkers. We were doing robots. We were doing robots then. Two yeah. weeks ago is robots or something yeah. similar. Um, but look, Rich, I'm sure you've got some press releases or something you'd like to read to us on air. I mean, look, let's start from the beginning. You're here. You're going to talk to us about Discord audio books. I mean, obviously, it's a massively rich fantasy setting uh, made famous by Terry Pratchett, obviously. Um, and uh, we're going to pass to you. Cue Rich, go. Um, so, so we we've so we just released seven of the Discworld novels in new audiobook editions. We've been talking about this for years. So, and I've know I've talked to some of you guys about this on and off for quite a long time. Yeah. So, the Discworld novels, the first book was nineteen eighty three. I was one when the first Discworld novel came out, and so the early recordings there were audiobooks, but they were. They were done, I think, in old BBC studios. They were literally done like mono reel-to-reel tape productions. So re- they were starting to look really dated. And so a few years ago, we thought, hang on, we've got to do, we've got to do an update on this. And we spent years kind of talking to Terry's estate and, um, you know, sort of scouting out who might be interested in doing it. And so what we've ended up doing is, is we're taking each of the kind of series that kind of exist within Discworld. So there's a, there, there are a succession of series, each of which is based around some focal characters. So we've just uh, released a series around the witches, which is narrated by Indira Varma. So each series will have a, a kind of main narrative voice. Yeah. Um, and then 
Like if you, you you kind of have to see Discord on the page to, to really get this. But if you read a Discord novel, there's kind of three voices talking to you. So there's the main narrator. There's then Terry himself. So he he fills the books with footnotes, and the footnotes are him basically interjecting in into the story. So there's there's a separate voice for the footnotes, and that's read all the way through. So there's all forty novels. The footnotes are read by Bill Nye, and oh. then. You've got so in in the Discworld novels, death talkless. So death is an anthropomorphized character in Discworld, and he talks token differently to every other character. So it, in the books, it's physically different. So it's, it's like small format block capitals. Yeah. And then in, it's described as so death. Like he doesn't he doesn't physically speak. He has no vocal cords, and he's a skeleton in a in a pud. So he speaks directly into your brain. And so to try, we wanted to get a sense of death literally sounding different to the rest of the book and then for death to sound consistent across all of the different narrators. So Peter Serafinovich is, is death and is death in all the books. That so, is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing casting. Yeah, it's amazing. I could not think of anyone who could do a better job. Yeah, no, it's, it's, no, it's great. And so, so the first, actually we released Hogfather, which is the sort of the Christmas book, as it were, came out um, in November last year. And then last week, which would have been Sateri's birthday, um, we released a whole Witcher series and then um, Small Gods, which is a kind of standalone novel. It doesn't fit into any of the series. And that mm. one's read by Andy Serkis. It's been mint. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes. You so heard it here first, straight yeah, from it's... Penguin's press department. <laughs> it's fucking mint. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so all, all seven of those came out last week, and then there will be I think there's four more moments over the next year um, to get all of the novels um, out in in kind of new updated audiobooks. And so you've got the new narrations. You've also got a Discworld kind of audiobook theme tune, which James Hannigan, um, who is one Bafta's for his work in gaming, particularly. Um, did for us and has done variations. So each each of the series has a different kind of piece of music around it, oh, cool. um, including a kind of special witchy version for the witches novels and a special Christmassy version for Hogfather and so on. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just been like brilliant fun to do, to be honest. Hmm. That sounds amazing. And that was going to be my first question. I'd imagine there is. Um, plenty of opportunity for people to just absolutely nerd out over this as well whether it be uh, the people actually producing it whether it be the voice cast w was there like a real element of this this is like a labor of love and like that th everyone involved wanted to this was something that, that people would want to do uh, when they heard any opportunity to be, be a voice actor basically i'd imagine yeah and i think we there's definitely people who are involved in this who wouldn't like who don't take normal voice acting mm. gigs so there's there's a big chunk of that, and then like you kind of you kind of have you kind of have to be in love with it. It's yeah. like it's four million words <laughs> to do the whole series. It like the the the, the level of the, there's somewhere north of a thousand different characters, like most of whom reappear in so they'll appear in one series and then they'll rock up elsewhere. And so we've we've had to keep a bank of every time a new character gets introduced, there's a clip that will store and Neil Gardner who's the amazing producer that we worked with on this he's, he's an absolute Discworld mega fan mm. um, so he's got a library of every character that, that appears that he knows he's going to recur at any other point 
he's got a little clip that you can play. So if you've got a character that, so Colin Morgan's reading the Wizards series, all the Rincewind books. So he's created the voices for quite a lot of the characters that then crop up later and are going to be voiced by other people. So we've got all this, this clip library that you can play back um, characters that have been introduced previously so people can be consistent and, it, and it'll, all okay. hang, it'll all hang together. So they're um, gonna, it's going to be different people because this isn't like an acted out thing. It's, it's a, no, it's not. It, it, but they're yeah, going to kind not. of refer to each other's performances to keep yeah, the voices so that, you, so that if you've got a character that was originally read by Colin That's Morgan awesome. and you've got you know you've got another performer needing to voice that character, like they're not going to do the same. But you want it to feel consistent. You want it. To, really you cool. want it to feel like it's the same there is, person. There is so much like cross pollination of the. Yeah, the characters like you talk about the sort of the series that the that it's all split up into, but really they're actually quite nebulous and hard to define, and they yeah, all they bleed over into each other quite like, a lot. Like well, I mean, like uh, Fred uh, and Nobby both pop up because they are your guardsmen, and obviously they feature in the guard series, which I am so looking forward to listening to because I love yeah. the guard. I mean, the witches series are probably my favourite, but the guard series are amazing mm. uh, the watch sorry the watch series yeah, i was yeah. calling the guards because of guards guards but um yeah like but that's pretty cool because fred and nobby just pop up everywhere yeah. well yeah because that because i mean so like ang morpork is so omnipresent you, like all the all the ang morpork characters rock up all the time so it, you kind of have to have an approach for kind of because it's so yeah. you, you, like to your question don't like, you've got to be a nerd like this mm. you, you've got to adopt a nerdish approach it's kind of the only way to do it so, which I've got to say is why I was so glad that they released um, that, that Terry Pratchett and several other people um, worked together during his life to pull together like these sort of encyclopedia and and the guides so that you could constantly refer back. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know obviously nowadays we have you know the Discworld Wiki, which is very well populated and, and uh, obviously a labour of love itself. But yeah, it's very useful to be able to go back and remind yourself who was in what. I mean, personally, the two books I'm looking forward to here most are uh, Mort and eric uh mm. those are two of my favorite um discord books so i'm um, you know that very death heavy books those ones just yeah, a quick one russ absolutely. russ are we broadcasting i think so yeah we should be it's it's come up it's just got the uh the, the main screen like the waiting screen on there for me hmm. uh i've just clicked on it saying you're you're live hmm. i don't know oh shoot the main screen the oh hang on, on What's what's going on? I don't there? know. I think we're on. Oh yeah, we are on. Yeah, it just took a while to refresh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Wave. That's what they came for. Oh, hang yeah. on. There we go. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, so right, just, some just down hard. inception thing going oh, on. Oh shoot! That's my phone. That's. <laughs> Just as Dan's oh, watching yeah. his own live stream whilst talking to himself in the live stream. <laughs> so, <laughs> my phone, it was my phone. So, so, so were we broadcasting? So, just I'm not quick... sure. I clicked onto the YouTube page and then <laughs> something sort of changed. It's like it had frozen. So, I'm genuinely not sure. But you've got the, uh, as long as we've got the audio, that's all that really matters. We've got the audio, yeah. So, just to clarify for anyone joining <laughs> the stream, we, I'm, I'm purely saying this as a cover just in case it wasn't broadcasting <laughs> at the time. Uh, hello. Talk really quickly. Redo the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much time on a hand stream. Uh, there's there's four of us. Obviously, the normal T- TMT OH 
crew. Mm. Uh, we were also joined by Rich from Penguin Audio, who is talking to us about the Discworld audio books mm. that um, have, some of them have come out, but we've got loads more coming. Um, anyway, we're not going to sort of start the whole conversation again. We'll just carry on. Um, well, it's all going to be on the, the, the first quarter of an hour is going to be on the quarter of an hour. That's optimistic, isn't it? Um, the first 10 odd minutes is going to be on the minutes. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, Rich, uh, Andy Serkis, um, who knew voice acting was uh, was something that he would be able to turn his hand to quite so easily? How did you convince him? Um, he, he he was awesome. He was awesome. Um, it, I mean, it was there was no there was minimal convincing. Getting dates in the diary more difficult. I mean, yeah, he's he's normally quite busy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was he was phenomenal. I'm I'm part way through um, Small Gods at the moment, and it's like a, it's like listening to a drama because he's just going for it on every single part. And it's not was... like him either, so you know. <laughs> no, it's, like he... small, it's it's quite the yeah. like in terms of sort of epic scale, it's quite up there. It's a real outlier in the series, and it's yeah, it's one of my favourites. But it's, it's so. It's so important because it introduces the Church of Om, mm. yeah. <laughs> and they appear in so many books. There's, there's like, real disagreements about where it takes place in the Discworld continuity. I, I think it takes place like a thousand years before everything else, but other yeah, people think, think it's like ten years before. No, I, I, kind of, I think those people are fools. I, I agree, Russ. And as what we do know about TMTOH is, everyone's allowed their opinion, but if unless it's shared by everyone on tmtoh then it's the wrong opinion yeah so when we say something it tends to that that is it's canon canon yeah and actually if you are of course in in thief of time we learn that the Discworld's entire continuum is is fractured and stitched together anyway so you can basically explain away anything you want to yep and also just remember that anything we say here today about Discworld, the people who look after the Discworld wiki you can change the entries <laughs> to reflect what we've said. Um, that'd be great. If, if, if we ever get it, cited on it. Wikipedia, then then that we've, we've officially gone too far. Uh, we have to stop. <laughs> we, I mean, we've I had mean, some well. very interesting thoughts about Transformers that I think I think people should be paying attention to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very true. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, Andy Serkis. So, sorry, Rich. <laughs> yeah, Rich. So, so there are forty yeah. novels. Yeah. Brackets 41 if you include The Last Hero, but I'm mm-hmm. guessing you're not doing that because that wouldn't really work. It diffi- it's, it's difficult to do. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so it's, it's, it's like the Tiffany Aching books are included. Yeah, Amazing Tiffany Morris. Aking, Amazing Morris. Um, yeah, it, it, it is, it, at the moment, it's everything apart from Last Hero. Wow. Um, Amazing Morris is always, is always introduced as like a, like a younger reader's book, but I find it absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and kind of the same with Tiffy Aiken books, right? It's sort of, they're such a framed as children's books, but it feels like, like the line's quite blurred, the, I guess. The I think you could, is- like, if you started, if you sort of read them at the same age that Tiffany is, it would work quite nicely. So if you started yeah. at 11 and then kind of read one a year until you were 16, that would be. The Wintersmith is per- perhaps my favourite book. I just love it. And I know that he just wrote a lot of that book just so he could get a, a, a cheese joke in there. Man after your own heart. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I would do exactly the same thing. So, like, I, I love the Pixies. I just think they're yeah. Yeah. 
Can I talk about the artwork briefly? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, fair dues. Well, we'll talk about it offline, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, obviously, the the original uh, books and, and especially the paperbacks, of which I'm quite familiar because my dad has the entire, entire uh, catalogue, uh, used um, very sort of distinctive artwork, um, almost reminiscent of kind of Renaissance-era painting. Can I ask, what artwork's being used on the front of the audio books or in promotional um, on the digital versions? So there's some new art for these, and there's, we're, so essentially we're doing the audio books alongside new editions of the paperback. So there's new cover art that's been specially commissioned for these releases. And yeah, they look really lovely. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's great. So it's, um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's updated artwork on all of the all of the novels. Wonderful. I mean, it's. I mean, I only bring up the distinctive. But I, I mean, the the artist who did it escapes me. But I remember when when Ross said, you know, sort of um, one that's marketed at children uh, is he finds completely scary. I remember being absolutely transfixed by the pictures on the front of those books because they looked like epic, amazing paintings that obviously, you know, they sprawled across two sides of the book. Well, the only two sides of the book that you yeah. really have. Um, and uh, they were always full of very, very intricate detail. Um, and I mean, I think the new artwork is absolutely wonderful uh, as well. But um, but yeah, there's something about about the artwork that actually brings across the kind of griminess of the um, of the Discworld. And I think that leads me on to my next question is the soundscapes, uh, the creation. I, I assume being a Penguin audio book, the soundscapes that you've um, had to create to bring out the bustling nature of Ankh-Morpork and the Discworld is fully intact and gets across the atmosphere, question mark? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, these are just straight, these are just straight voice, actually. So it, it's, there's no, aside from the music, there's nothing in here apart from narration. Oh, so, right. But like, I guess because, that's a, like, the last time I was on, we were talking about, um, which about the 2000 D adaptations that we did, and those, like the comics rely so much on the art to get across the point. So you've got to do, in that instance, you've got to do something to replace the imagery. Yeah, the, the dialogue's one, not going to tell the story on its no, own. No, it doesn't, it doesn't do enough on, on its own. Whereas in this one, like, he's, Terry's done it all for you. There is absolutely, you, you don't need to add anything because it's just all in the writing. And so the job was just to try and get you know, the, the reason that we've used multiple voices even on this is just to try and get as close to what it's like to read the book in print as you can in the audio version. And the fact that there's kind of those those different voices all kind of look different on the page, we wanted to reflect that in the recording. Mm. But apart from that, we haven't we literally haven't added anything. That's so quite an interesting choice then, I, I think. It's um it's the it's it's almost kind of paired back to let the because like you say the writing is so illustrative and and so visual which is bizarre it seems like yeah. it's a very silly thing to say but it is it's very visual writing and it does evoke images that actually it's probably one of the very few series of books that could get away with that yeah no, and, and i think it's just you kind of leaving room for the performances to carry it like you've got all the narrators have just really gone to town on on the kind of cast of characters and the, and the delivery and so on and that that's kind of the thing that does all the work really and that i think that's that's what will keep people hooked in is, is just kind of the writing and the performances also like there's there's 40 books you'd never get them all done <laughs> you went full production for all of them but i think like yeah the the it is such, like i've always 
had a real issue with a lot of the the Discworld fan art out there. Not because it's not good, and not because I could do better, because I certainly couldn't, but just because it doesn't match what is correct in my head. But <laughs> I think it's one of those things where from you form really strong impressions of what everything looks like. And so most of the stuff I look at, I go, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, which is completely my problem. But I think it's one of those things where you form such incredibly tight ideas of what all these people look like and what all these places look like. The one that played the original Discworld point and click adventure game. That's what I was about to bring up. (laughs) Oh, wait. (laughs) I was going to say the only thing artwork that I felt came kind of close to what I imagined was the Discworld game, the point and click. Well, that was voiced by Eric Idle, wasn't it? It was. Yes, Eric Eric Idle was in uh, the second one was pretty good. I, I thought that one was quite nice, although it made it a bit more cartoony. Mm. But the the little known one, which is the fully isometric 3D um, point, and, point and click sort of, um, was Discworld Noir, which was set in the sort of dirtier Ankh-Morpork and underground. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, know. and that was bloody marvellous. Like the darker aspects of the Discworld really shone through in the art on that one. Um, I've got a really vivid memory of having to go and get a beekeeping outfit and like yeah blow smoke to get bees out of the way and i cannot remember for the life of me why you had to do it it was something to do with like getting something in the unseen university the first they were uh, from the heyday of those point and click games being legit like just insanely difficult the the first one was was try everything on everything the first one was widely renowned for having some of the most opaque puzzles um, ever. The back of the box for the second one, instead of being like a description of the game, it told you how to beat the first one because nobody had finished it because it was basically impossible. So it did say, right, if you haven't finished the first one, you need to take this, do this, put this on this, use this with that, and then you can get through here. And then, uh, and then you can start the second one. This that around be... sort of beneath the steel sky kind of era. Yeah, mm. it was all the yeah, similar. Absolutely right. Uh, when Lucas Arts was at the sort of peak of their uh, point and click adventure gaming um, <clears throat> making. Two. Yeah, like yes. Monkey Island Two. Is I probably... never really got into Monkey Island though. <gasps> I know that's like massive sacrilege, but like. I love Monkey Island 2. It was so Monkey good. Monkey Island 2 is, is pretty much perfect. Spent an hour like, trying to win a spitting contest. That's that's all you really need to know about that game. You have to thicken you up your spit. And play the game for yeah. and <laughs> look for the wind blowing the flag. Yeah. 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 That, that bit is tricky because it's about the it's the only part in the game where the, the environment actually impacts yeah. your actions. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, incredible. Monkey Island's really yeah. good. <laughs> and they're doing a new one, so that's nice. Yeah. Yes. So d- I've got to ask: Did you meet Bill Nye? I didn't meet. Bill yeah, come on, flex on us with your uh, your contact. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not coming. I'm not going to come in here and do the do the the the, the annoying um, bit. No, like, frightfully I've, met, chat. I've I've met Bill Nye. He's really cool. Have you? Mm. When did you meet Bill Nye? He came and did a Seafire adventure when I was working up in Easter. Oh, this is the first I've heard of this, Duncan. And usually the bollocks you spout on this podcast. And then you've got like some gold like this. Just like I've, I've met Terry Nutkins. I've met Bill Nye. Terry Nutkins, bless him. Very Absolutely. I didn't make him laugh. He loves animals. My, they hate him. My mate made Terry Nutkins laugh. It was funny. But yeah, met Bill Nye. He was the most humble guy. He was like, yeah, I'm an actor. I, was like, I know who the. <laughs> He's gone and goes, I'm an actor. <laughs> but he's like, I don't know if you know who I am. Yeah. Well, he was like, he didn't even say that. He was just like, he was like, hi, hi, really pleased to meet you. And he was there with his daughter. He was, he was really nice. He was really humble. You know, he wasn't, 
he wasn't expecting you to know who he was. Mm. And that was really cool. Amazing. That's really cool. That's now that is a top quality. That's not even a Duncan dope. That's just a solid gold anecdote. That's right an there. actual that's a, that's a great anecdote. anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually take him out in a boat? Is Bill Nye's life in your hands briefly? I, I was not doing. Uh, no, I wasn't doing the tour that day. That was really upsetting. That Can I was not imagine doing the, the tour. world where Duncan accidentally killed uh, Bill Nye. I, I and... was never the skipper, so it's fine. <laughs> And uh, so as a result, technically responsible. As a result, yeah. it ruined it ruined Rich here's audiobooks. Out of, of this podcast, know, the one know. who is most likely to accidentally murder a national treasure is definitely Duncan. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely go that. Yeah. Well, not murder. It would have been negligence. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally murder. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Gross negligence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you okay. go in at gross <laughs> negligence. I think it would be manslaughter, probably. Yeah. Um, I'm no legal expert. No. Um, myself. Uh, in the chat, tell us. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, is, is it like um, the, the likes of uh, Venetiari, who are. Uh, no, he's the kicker, isn't he? <laughs> Veterinary. <laughs> Veterinary. <laughs> I always do. You know podcast. how difficult it is when there's like, a kicker and a. Uh, Patrician, who both have very similar names. I do um, frequently confuse Discord characters and NFL players. It's, it happens to me all the time. I confuse everyone with NFL players, Rich. So, oh, uh, so I feel your pain. I know, you're, I know you're not being serious, but I am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Sorry, anyway, don't carry on. It seems like one of the people that has a different voice, like someone else is voicing him. No, so it's, so it's the the only the only people that have consistent like i guess the easiest way to think about it is like there's there's two voices that, that appear all the way through all the 40 novels which is death and mm. footnotes yeah. and then everything else is read but it, it, it kind of read in chunks so it oh. six witches novels colin morgan's reading all the wizards novels all the rinsewood books sean clifford's reading all the death books and death so voice is um it's, it's, it's an inter- like, it must be an interesting sort of challenge to try and get because yeah it's it's not really a voice it's a feeling and like it shouldn't be it just appears doesn't it's it? not like scary no it's sort of like the ultimate authority I it's, ve- it's very matter of fact in mm. the way that it's delivered i really like it it's it's because yeah. he just he, he, death's character's got quite a kind of accidentally wry sense of humor mm. and Sort of, but he's, he's quite, yeah. He just makes statements of fact all the time. So it's quite, like, it's quite, it's played quite straight. Yeah, it's but not kind of death spooky. also has some of the most kind of compassionate and eloquent bits of of writing in in the whole series, especially as, as it gets towards the end. I mean, it was obviously one of the characters that he put most kind of of himself into and a lot of, of what he was thinking about towards the end of writing those books went into death. Um, so it's I mean, going to be really interesting to see how that, how that comes through. Who didn't have a tear in their eye and with the death and granny weather waxing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like two of the, two of the best characters in the whole thing for these books that, you know, I've been reading since I was like 12 um having like an amazing sort of right right some of us dialogue thing you know some of us didn't learn to read it twice on a stage you know Uh, by 21 i was you know i I was already getting there yeah yeah i thought you could say anyway (laughs) sorry uh, russ i talked over you for for a cheap joke so carry on 
<laughs> no, hey, we always, always cut to the cheap joke here. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, halfway through what you were talking about, I accidentally blinded myself. With my <laughs> I, I noticed, by the way. <laughs> It was one of the funniest things seeing your face. Yeah, fuck me. It, well, yeah, it properly it properly dazzled me there. So, um, yeah. So what what was that? It looked like a little sun rising. It was. It, I'm gonna just shield my eyes. It was my halo lights. Oh, there. Just yeah. Came on very very. It like it's been like a, a nuclear test, and that it's gonna <laughs> yeah. hit us in four seconds or something. I'm just dazzled by the amazing work on these Discworld audiobooks. So are they are they okay. being released kind of series by series? Yeah. So each series has got its own kind of moment. And then this is quite a lot of standalone novels that don't really fit logically into a series. Those are kind of coming out at the same time as, as it's the like pyramids and things like that. that yeah, exactly. Really have a an overall series yeah that monstrous regiment um kind of sits on its own a bit so there's so yeah so, so they, they would kind of come out alongside um those will kind of come out alongside the the, the series when they come out can you reveal um, who's reading monstrous regiment i'm not sure i can actually at this point because i'm not sure it's been announced but it's um it's good you'll like it i love I, monstrous regiment yeah it's, a, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of my favorites actually one of my favorite discord novels but remind me which is the one with the with the clickies where they first arrive, it's um, the clacks. Yeah, the, the cl- yeah, it's the clacks, like, like the it? semaphore system. Yeah, no, the the clickies, the um, uh, moving pictures, like moving pictures. That's it. Oh, moving yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, that one's kind of. I suppose you no, know, it's got the wizards in it, hasn't it? It's, fact, it's that's moving... the one where Red Cully gets introduced, isn't it? No, Red Cully gets introduced in Equal Rights. He's in Equal Rights briefly. He's he's not Arch Chancellor in Equal Rights. No, but Moving Pictures is where you get um, Detritus. I always called him Detritus, but Detritus, the troll. Yeah, I always called him. I always read that as Detritus, but that's not actually a word, is it? Well, not, Russ, what have we already said? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it can we, be a word if you want it to be, Russ. Hmm. Can. So I bizarrely I read the script book of The Usual Suspects before I actually saw the film. And I was convinced that the character who actually is Kaiser Soze was pronounced because obviously I'd read the book and you know the script. I thought it was Kaiser Soze. <laughs> like and that and that's clearly not. I mean it makes about as much sense as the real pronunciation to me. Uh, exactly. I've spent the last three weeks watching NFL players. Or, or future NFL players with sometimes quite difficult to pronounce names and then hearing them be drafted and go, Oh, okay. I was completely wrong. I was so tempted during that. Kim Jones. <laughs> I was so tempted to share that key and peel. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so funny. <clears throat> it's so good. East meets, East, East meets West one's amazing. Yes. They're all so I'm just uh, I'm just looking at Andy Serkis's Wikipedia page, and he doesn't seem to list these on uh, on his um, audiobook work at the moment. Um, you, do you know that he doesn't maintain his own Wikipedia? Page? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying that you know, just in case you were wondering. A lot of edits here from Gollum three six nine. I can tell you that uh, James Hannigan has already put it up on his credits, mm. and other to- again, Tom's- people don't manage these things themselves <laughs> no this is on his website 
that I think you're fine. They do, Russ. Just like I if I hold this hydrate bottle up, um, we'll get sponsored. But he by did. Them. He did the music for Alien Three, mm. Alien yeah. River of Pain, and the Sea of Sorrows. Mm-hmm. Nice. I mainly say, and out of the Alien Hours Shadows. I mainly say that for Tom's sake. Oh, and he did uh, yeah, Dead Space books. Three. Very good books. Uh, I haven't actually listened to the audio books, but that's the sort of thing I would actually quite like to listen to at some point. Are they Penguin um, books? I, I don't know where they are. They're probably not. I don't think so. No, why? Don't why don't you know your entire catalogue off the top of your head? Yeah. Is there a lot of them or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, Rich. Ridiculous, nerdy question here. Okay. But like, so do you have like a massive vault of the the transcripts of all of these books that you can call up on on a computer or something? I'm guessing somebody's not literally sitting there with the paperback thumbing through it. So yeah, no, we it? have. So it's um. So we have. I don't know how nerdy an answer you want. We 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 basically have a, a custom built database which has kind of all of our. It's so the, the back end. It's the back end of everything. everything. So it has. We've got PDF versions of books. We've got all the audio files. We've got um, you know all the kind of metadata and information around books. So the cover copy and all that kind of stuff. It's all kind of all kind of lives on a on a system. So if we're if we're producing, so we did a lot. We did a lot of the Discworld sessions. We've got a studio at MC Gardens, which is our main office, which is kind of my like where I work is just outside the studio. And so you've got an iPad in the studio, and we'll you know if someone's coming in, we'll upload a kind of PDF onto that iPad into into a piece of software where people can mark up and edit and highlight, and that you kind of get a a kind of editable PDF that people can make notes on and mm. your producer can kind of um, can kind of mark where we've had to retake or whatever on straight onto that. So that's please. how that's the actual process of how it works. Please nice. say that the Discworld ones is held in a folder either called L space or the Unreal Unseen uh, Unreal Library <laughs> or just the library but I, I I would love to tell you that that was true, but I would be lying. You just tell me that it's true. Like various IT systems around the world, there's lots and lots of Terry Pratchett references. And so Rich. A lot of a lot of emails. If you look in the header code, you'll find uh, GNU Terry Pratchett yeah. in the header code of emails that are being sent like from various companies and things, because loads of system admins have have stuck it in there as like a, a tribute to him. Smoking which is quite you. wonderful. Is so rich. Quick question here. Uh, personal uh, question, not about you. Uh, something for me is purely a selfish question. Um, why aren't I narrating them? As <laughs> someone who has done some voice acting in the past, um, how does one break out of dental product advertising and into <laughs> reading uh, full books like this? Do I have to have been a CG character in a Peter Jackson film? Go. <laughs> <laughs> You did, like serious answer. It's one of the most difficult acting jobs in the world, and I know it was an entirely serious question. But like, I think if you watch people do this, like the level of this, there's sort of two versions of it. One is like the level of prep. You, know, you think about you guys that know the books. Like, think about reading a, a City Watch novel the number of characters, the number of locations you've got your head around, like the, the, the number of bits of language that you've never heard before because they're entirely made up that you've got to come up with a way of pronouncing and check. But so like the, the, the prep work and the getting ready to do a job like this 
um, is immense. Mm. And then actually the, the job is pretty grueling. Like it's eight hours a day of talking and not just talking, but having to retake over and over again when things, when things aren't right, you know, having to take direction. You're sitting in, you know, a relatively small space for long periods of time while somebody sits in a very small space next to you and tells you you've got that line wrong for the fourth time over and over and over again and keep bit- doing that. And a lot of those performances are really... So the great God on in Small Gods is a tortoise, right? But in this, he's a, he's a shouty scout tortoise. <laughs> Amazing. So, and, so Andy Serkis is delivering. I'm not going to try and do it. I'm going to send you all the a download code for the books after, after this so you can have a listen yourselves. But like, he's got to do a like quite sort of semi-aggressive uh, Liverpool accent That's for a character that appears <laughs> in almost every scene of the book. And he's got to do that for kind of three, four days on the trot. Like, that would, I would never, ever have occurred to me, but a yeah. shouty scouser is absolutely perfect it's for so the, the tortoise incarnation. It's so, of good. Old. so good. So um, essentially what you're saying is do a bit of reading the day before and it will probably be all right. Quick, quick sounds a bit like, Tom, honestly, it sounds a bit like how, what you work for Panorama anyway. <laughs> Or the company that we probably shouldn't keep talking about name-wise on this podcast, <laughs> considering the explicit nature of the language we sometimes talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah that other company that you work for. I don't know. <laughs> I've had a beer. <laughs> um, but no, like, it, I think you know we like we hire people that haven't done audiobook work all the time. So there's you know people do absolutely kind of break into it, but. It is, it's a really hard gig, to be honest. I get you. It's not what you know, it's who you know, isn't it? There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tom might have just heard what he wanted to hear then. So, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. And would actually be perfect because we know hmm? from what well, Dan spends a long time talking and he sounds very much like DMing. We have yeah, to... but we, we've already talked about my limited reading capacity. So... Does a very good <laughs> Kermit the Frog slash Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. Do you need like, to do a the really frog? good scouse? Do that. I can do a scouse when I'm trying to do Scottish. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's uh, fine. Brummy really does well. does Birmingham sort of accent. Who does? Who's that? You. You, you do yeah. that. You do that. Yeah. Well, that's gonna be my next question. I was gonna say, do you think you can get Andy Circus to come play D and D with us? Because I reckon he'd be really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> we do need some more variety for the NPC voices. Yeah, he can DM if that. It would be a bit intimidating though, wouldn't it? Like he's just been like doing some amazing soliloquy, and they're like, "Right, it's your turn." Yeah. <clears throat> um. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> my name's Bob the Goblin. Bob the Goblin. I forgot Noboblin. about him. The Goblin. The Goblin. The Goblin. Yeah. Excellent. Um, stop <laughs> it with the inside references that literally only we would get. <laughs> yeah. At least there's five of us that would get it. Yeah, time. one more person. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> so uh, the, the witches series is is like so. Where, where is that going up to? Is that including um, The Shepherd's Crown? Or are the Tiffany Aching ones kind of separate? No, the Tiffany Aching ones, uh, the Tiffany Aching ones are kind of separate. Okay, cool. So that, third, that is a great the series. It's like a, a lead-in to, yeah. to the world. It, it, that covers a lot of characters, a lot of locations, a lot of kind of the, the lore and history. And just like the, the stuff you've got to get your head around with stuff like how how magic works and things like that. It's a really great intro. Mm. 
Um, and kind that of, elves are yeah. really, really evil bastards. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Most of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are three quarters of an hour into the stream. Uh, Rich, final takeaways before we move on to um, talking about Star Wars and Kenobi and things like that. Uh, Rich, keep it top line. But what it was, what's the message? <laughs> <laughs> Go and buy them, fools. <laughs> no, I think I I would say the, the thing that I, I found really interesting about this is how contemporary the books feel and how like modern the kind of thinking and the characterization and everything is. So I think if you have looked at Discworld and thought, oh my word, there's a lot of this. Where do I start? What do I do? <laughs> you know, these some of these books are you know twenty plus thirty plus years old. Is this for me? Give it a crack. Absolutely. And this is a great way to start, particularly if you're kind of slightly intimidated by the length of it all. And if you want to see and hear a bit more, there's a brilliant, we made a behind the scenes documentary, oh. um, which is about 20 minutes long and looks at kind of the process of making them and gives you snippets of all different people performing, which I will ask um, our lovely hosts to put in the show notes um, a link. And that's quite a good place to get started and get a sense of who you might want to listen to. Where, uh, where where would we find that? Is that on it's the... on it's on Penguin's YouTube channel, but I'll give you guys a link to um, stick in the show notes in the YouTube comments. Um, so excellent. As someone that knows absolutely nothing about Discworld, where where do I start? I'm 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 Gods. I'm, I'm going to start. Where where do I start? Gods, Gods. Don't do that because then you have to wait for nearly a year to listen to. Oh, um, okay. witches. <laughs> So the the, the no, witches I mean, books I... are a really good. It, there is not really a wrong like a right or a wrong answer to that you, you cool. can that really jump in anywhere if, like yeah. if you if you started with some of the later books you would perhaps struggle a bit with mm. some of the characters and some of the very established settings but you know yeah. you could you more is a really good place to start um equal rights honestly quite, equal don't rights bother with the first time. three because they were a little bit on the experimental side they're really good but they kind of are a little bit inconsistent with a lot of what happens later. Um, well, I think equal what rights is really equal rights is great, but like how the wax. like how the wizards and the university of magic is portrayed kind of changes quite a lot after that. Cool. Yeah. So you might if you read that and then went straight to a later one, you might find it a, a bit of a weird sisters. I, therefore, would probably be a good one. Weird Sisters is probably my favourite Discworld novel, and I think it's absolutely hilarious. So I think that's a really good answer. And I also think Small Gods mm. is like part of the reason we thought Small Gods would make sense in this at this point is it's a completely self-contained. You don't really need to understand the world at all to, mm. to enjoy that. And because it's a kind of self-contained book, it's not it's not leading you anywhere. It's not teeing you up for something that's going to happen two or three books a time. Yeah. It's quite a good sort of if you're thinking I don't know whether I want to commit to this or not. Small Gods is quite a good place to start because it's one book. It's I think it's an eleven an hour eleven hour recording, and cool, then you can yeah, you know, they, that can be a kind of listening experience in its own right. Or you could go from there, kind of anywhere really in the Discworld universe. But it's, I mean, it's not a difficult world to get into because it no. it basically is our our world. It's hmm. it's you know it's it sort of started off as a parody of Lord of the Rings, basically, hmm. but it's become just sort of a, an examination of of 20th century culture really yeah. um especially towards towards the the later books it's it's there's, there's parallels for everything in the in the real world 
and it's got some it's got some incredibly interesting things to say about uh, about diversity and race and society and there's some really really deep dive stuff you can get in there but then there's also ridiculous puns about cheese it's got <laughs> everything brilliant. okay so small gods yeah i yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd maybe go small gods i'm on it I'm on yeah. it. So I, I have. I don't more, have. Um, I'm down 11 hours of NFL podcasts to listen to now, so that that should fit in quite nicely. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, well, that's not true. I will still be listening to them, but I will also listen to these. I just don't have to listen to them. It's a wonderful coincidence that you have the exact amount of time for that. That's that's excellent. Yeah, I know. It's weird how that works. Worked out really yeah. nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Ailes says, and you know, a few people who started to be going post on this web. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, that's that's not a bad show. Like. Uh, Obviously, we're quite old, hmm. so and, and grudgingly, I do accept that there are there are people who are born after me. What? So, you know, I mean, when, the thing about when we... I first read the Discworld novels, there was only about ten of them. Hmm. So I started with in, my mum got me interesting times, so I started on that, and that's really a weird one to try and start with because mm. you do need backstory but it was also very interesting it was it was interesting um but it was um it i got it got me hooked yeah um color of magic and light fantastic are almost two books that stand alone like oh, oh even for the wizards they sort of stand alone but uh color of magic was the one that dad uh, my dad <laughs> not just dad dad in general uh it gave gave to me first at my starting point mm. The first one I read was Guards, Guards. I find it. Yeah, I find That's it a really, so that weird. Is a really good starting point. Is, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the start. It's the introduction to Vimes, who is just one of the one of the greats, really. In terms Vimes of and uh, Weatherwax, you could combine them, and it would be some like it would be some really interesting philosophy because it is it's some fantastic. Oh, uh, I mean, even unseen academicals, you don't really need to know everyone that is semi i know it's kind of counted as a wizards but it's not strictly a wizards the wizards appear uh, none of them are really strictly anything no. they're all they're all their own thing but yeah there are the sort of the groups that they roughly fit into but, um, um i, I think yeah. i think you've got if, if your dad's really into a disc world tom i think you've got an argument for you see this is quite nerdy and so is D D. And I'm I'm sorry, Dad, but I'm I'm into D and D as well. I mean, you, you'll be safe, Tom. Yeah. Now we know that your dad's into Discworld. You're going. No, I can already I can already hear him sharpening the pencil to scratch me out the will. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can just 3D print yourself a new will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it's the one thing I hadn't thought about printing. everything else, believe that there is printed. no problem in life that can't be solved with 3D printing. I mean, I, I know I showed I know I showed you guys last time, but it's actually even more applicable now. But I do I have actually printed out uh, the Discord. All right, um, that's amazing. Which uh, with the rim falls on the bottom. I've got I've got the elephants over there, but their uh, their trunks fell off. Um, and I haven't actually printed out Greater Chewing yet because he's a uh, he's a twelve hour print. Do, do you know how one. that's what happens when you try and three D print an intergalactic star turtle? I, I <laughs> guess, yeah, who might be on their way to an intergalactic breeding ground? We're not sure. We're not. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a bit embarrassing how long it took me to realise the mountain being called Dun Manifesting. 
<laughs> I just like because it, you read because you're reading it and you're not hearing it, and then when you say it, and you're like, oh, it, it took me too many years. In fact, but I was like, like thirteen, fourteen. You're not thinking of that kind of. Perhaps one of my favourite um, elements of Discord. Sorry, I know I was sort of the one going. Let's let's move on to Star Wars, but actually, well, we're still on the Discord. One of my favourites is where I can't remember which book it's in, but when they talk about the empathic wizards, the well, telepathic and empathic wizards that they lower down in those little pods, trying to decipher the thoughts of Greater Chewing, they can't really that they they get conflicting messages. It's either on its way somewhere or, or, or running away from something. And the only thing they can get from the elephants is that they've got sore shoulders, that <laughs> 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 they're really quite bored. <laughs> like the elephants are really bored and have bad backs. <laughs> um, it's just genius on a new level. Uh, Rich, can you pass on a message to, to Mr. Circus? Just, uh, and Andy. Yeah. Just um, for starters, I loved you in the Batman. You're amazing as as Alfred. Perfect. Just great in that film. Can you do, genuinely, I can't think of anyone I would rather hear do a live stream Dungeons & Dragons podcast. It would sell millions. I would buy all the t-shirts. Just, just I, I think you would be perfect for it. Can, can we just get him on like an episode of Critical Role or something? Because I think he would be amazing. Him and Matt Mercer would just be intense. Yeah. Why don't we just invite him to join our stream? Yeah. yeah. And here he is. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, no, I can't um, do yeah. an Andy Circus voice. <laughs> no, no one can because that's that's how he's no, made. Nobody knows what he really sounds like. Yeah. Also, did you actually Always have any acting. did you actually have any studio left after he had eaten all the scenery? <laughs> <laughs> and does he sit on top of a big pile of dragon gold like Smaug? <laughs> Yes, yeah, he's, he's very messy. I can't, I can't speak to. I can't speak to under all circumstances. Not in any of my direct experience. <laughs> and how's he been since he fell into the lava in Mount Doom? I think you're confusing uh, the real Andy Circus with Gollum Metal. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's how convincing he was. So you met him in real life, you'd be a little bit disappointed that he wasn't a four foot tall little goblin creature. Does he actually yeah. have that robotic arm that he has in? Uh... <laughs> yeah, when he's. Uh... Is he South African? Claw. Yeah, yeah. I think we're done now, aren't we? Oh, right. we can't. Can't weird. Any of this. Richard, Richard's gone very quiet. <laughs> my, my role as Addy Circus's spokesman in this conversation is pretty limited. <laughs> no, I, I am really looking forward to this. Yeah. Like this Discord was the first sort of proper nerd thing that I really got into, and it is still probably just about my favourite sort of piece of, yeah. of pop culture. You can take yeah. your Star Wars, take your Marvel, get rid of it. Uh, so yeah. So I, anyway, I, let's talk I, about. <laughs> they are they are the best series of books, and then the second best series is the Expanse. Yeah, mm. and I assume we were talking about the novelisation of Star Wars uh, there when we talked yeah. about the best series of books <laughs> is that right or no no star wars no uh, the revenge of the sith novelization actually has some very interesting actually, uh... <laughs> I, I i'm really against bullying but at this point... <laughs> um, enough, yeah, that's fair that's speaking fair. Of, of how shit star wars is star wars <laughs> <laughs> yes may the fourth be with you everyone yeah. I can't believe you're, we're nearly an hour into this and someone's finally cracked to make the fourth joke. Yeah, I tried so, to. Didn't didn't work. 
but um um yeah so let's lean into it let's um so so where do we want to start do we want to do we we had we thought we'd throw in at the end because i'm interested in hearing rich's thoughts on this as well we did we did a podcast whole podcast on bad dinner guests like in pop culture and i thought we could do a star wars special where we each pick one and create the worst possible star wars dinner party uh, and also, I wouldn't mind quickly talking about the Obi Wan Kenobi trailer as well. And I'd imagine we might be able to get a, a special guest on for that as well. But uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, his people are in my ear; yeah. he's ready and waiting whenever whenever we're ready for it. Excellent, excellent. Is, is this one of those podcast formats that you chuck at us with zero preparation time? I fucking <laughs> said it in the group. <laughs> he did. Am I am I not getting your message? No, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. I, don't know. I just think I think you're not reading them. I think I think, I think you're getting them. You're just not reading them. <laughs> right. Who wants to? So a, a bad Star Wars dinner guest. Who wants to kick us off then? Uh, can My I? Can, oh no, yeah. No. Do you know what? Guest guest rights. Go for it. Yeah. Rich, Rich from Penguin one, Audio. I got, I got one answer for this, and if yeah. somebody else gets in there first, then I'm going to just be like, grasping at straws. Yeah. So my my bad Star Wars dinner guest. Yeah. Possibly controversially. Is Han Solo because I think basically you invite Han Solo to your dinner party, it plays out roughly like this. Yeah. Like you invite him, Han Solo doesn't RSVP, does he? Clearly, so you <laughs> no. don't know if he's coming or not. And then he turns up and he's got Chewie with him, and you haven't got enough food for Chewie because Chewie's enormous. So yeah. you, you were like scrabbling around in the back of the cupboards trying to find some extra pasta to feed Chewie. <laughs> the chat's pretty good, so you're starting to forgive Han for not RSVPing and yeah. bringing a guest without telling you. At which point the bounty hunters turn up and blow your house up because he's been on, he's on the run again. Yeah. So dinner party's ruined. And by the time you finish cleaning up all the mess that the bounty hunters have made blowing your house up, he's run off with your wife. <laughs> that's excellent. But excellent. I think that's probably how it plays yeah. out if you invite Hans out to dinner. Fucking yeah. truly only likes the, the spiral pasta as well. Like <laughs> really, really fussy about it. Yeah. It's basically got the eating habits of a four-year-old. Yeah. I've got that I've got that mental image from Peep yeah. Show of Mark desperately trying to make what he calls like Moroccan pasta with like lettuce, baked beans, <laughs> balls of cheese with like is drawing it on it. Yeah, it is it be. Moroccan? It could be, yeah. C- cooking's all about confidence. Um yeah, I uh that, yeah, that's uh, yeah, my my choice next to that excellent played out was it's actually gonna be quite dull, which is ironic considering how dull I find the character, but Mace Windu. As a as a guest, so fucking boring. Uh, like literally the most the most condescending and patronizing member of the Jedi Council. Who, you know, even when he's off to go and face someone who he knows is probably a Sith Lord, is just like, well, you know, Anakin, if what you told me is true, then you you've earned my trust. I mean, fucking who talks like that? <laughs> boring, you know. Yeah, you'd be like. Got fucking Samuel L. Jackson coming, and it, oh, he's Mace Windy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So boring that he needed a different coloured lightsaber to have something. You know, hmm. it's just uh, it's purple. Great. I've got, I've got two, so someone else can go next if they like. Uh, I can go. Go on then. See, Mace Windu kills the conversation. Yeah, like, <laughs> kill, <laughs> like he'd kill your dining party. Yeah. Uh, a gonk party. droid. A gonk droid. Yeah. Oh, gonk, gonk, gonk. Very. I mean, clumsily shuffling over. It's. Mm. It's gonna. It's going to knock a wine glass on the floor. Mm. You, yeah. you know it is, and it's going to be cockle use cleaning it up. What's mm. it? What's it going to do? Just sort of gonk at it. Um, and, and very little over. in the way of 
of anecdotes, I'd imagine. I imagine they all revolve around. One time I was was plugged into this thing. Gonk, gonk. Or what what if he's like the, what if he's like the Smurfs and uses gonk like as every word, you know, so I went out last night, met up with this really gonked girl, totally gonked her, Uh, you know, that might be exciting. I don't see the gonk droids as having much of a nightlife, really. (laughs) On the plus side, like you'd be able to charge your phone. It's true. Mm. True, true, yeah. But also you clearly haven't been reading the fan fiction I've been reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is actually being turned into an upcoming audio book from Penguin Audio. (laughs) 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 Um, I I was going to choose... I was going to choose Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, it's a good choice. (laughs) Like, are you going to have enough food? Is it going to be the best quality? Probably not. He's the kind of one who will complain. And if he's not happy, your whole dinner party is going to end up as either Sarlacc food Mm. or Rancor food. So, you know, or he's going to weirdly enslave all your women and yeah, I mean that's a pretty good reason not to invite him to a party. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, and or he's going to be one of those, you know, or he's going to come up, you know, you do the hug or something, and he's just going to be that one who gives a really s- disgusting, sorry lick. Actually, it's not even going to be a kiss. He's just going to go. Bleh. I don't think Jabba the Hutt is is someone who I'd automatically lean in for a hug with. No, but. Um, there's also the communication problem. I mean, like, fast you will lock off, so law. But then, does Bib Fortuna come with him? You know, well, well, it's, the know. Same, um, it's the same problem, though, isn't it? Because if he's, you know, if he RSVPs, you're not going to know if he's bringing someone with him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although I quite, I kind of want to meet Salacious Crumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, like, how is he get? How is he going to actually get there? Because if it's on that sand. Uh, the sand yacht. Where, where is it going to park? My my drive barely fits the. the <laughs> yeah, you'd have to get one of those residence parking vouchers for him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I nearly glitches. gave a serious answer, and then went, "What the what, what the fuck am I doing?" So <laughs> just, <laughs> very, actually, it's very... just hovers, doesn't it? So it should be fine. But yeah, no, that's that kind of it goes against the the, the uh, spirit. I think you'll this. find that repulsor lift technology works just as well over tarmac as it does over sand. <laughs> They can just park out in Cardras Bay and be fine. It's all about weight distribution. Mm. So, in all seriousness, though, (laughs) a repulsor lift... You're your own worst enemy sometimes. Effectively, it's like a force field that presses against the ground. When they go over water, why don't they sink through it? If it's enough force, then water acts as concrete. But like the the weight of the the vessel still being put onto the ground... Is how I understood it from yeah, reading but something. Water is a limited there. compressible uh, liquid, and like if it's deep enough, and if depending on the force it's being pushed, then if you sometimes hit water at enough force, it's basically hitting concrete. Yeah, but it's not going at speed, is it? It's it's just like it's, supporting the weight of it. Yeah, well, water can still support. Depends. Well, as Tom said previously, it's weight distribution. As long as it's spread across, then uh, it's going to be fine. So but maybe like the sti- emitter steam- field of the repulsor lift spreads out. So if it's deep enough, water. I used to like Star Wars. 
<laughs> I'd imagine. I'd imagine that there's some sort of, like A level science class. I'd imagine there's some sort of technology, you know, from a galaxy yeah. far, 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 far away, away, a long time that, ago. That, but that's a long time ago. That compensates for for that sort of stuff. So, like, you know, why it's better in fantasy things, and you just go, that's oh, magic, elves. <laughs> Well, you know, they've got magic as well, haven't they? They've got tech and magic. Midichlorians, that's why it hovers. There you go. Yeah, yeah midichlorians, yeah. that's it. Um, Easy. Easy. Oh, but because you asked, uh, my choice, uh, who should I go with? Let's go with Obi-Wan. He's been living in a fucking little <gasps> hut in the sand, smells like balls. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, like, he, you don't want him anywhere near your party. I've, I've got another one. You can one. zoom him in. He'd zoom him in. Zoom him in is fine. He won't be able to get it work. He'd constantly be doing this at the screen, I think. But uh, yeah. Also, worst Jedi ever for hiding, because dresses like a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Carries his lightsaber. I mean, you know, trying to stay incognito. Well, he keeps his lightsaber very secretly in a box that nobody would ever think to look in if they raided his house. No, exactly. Which has basically nothing else in it. My my other choice was was um, Boba Fett, and it's only because you'd go you'd go thing. up to your room and you'd find Boba Fett fucking in your back to tank, wouldn't you? Just like, just t- gradually, just just it's like it's, I'd imagine back to tanks are fairly personal things. If you if you spend as much time in them as fucking Boba Fett does, like he does he does love being in a back to tank? Does doesn't he? Doesn't he? he spends just half having, that having series in a back to tank. So the, the, half the time he's on the screen, he's going, oh, I'm going back to my back to tank. And it's like, it's just, for me, he's like um, uh, Richard Grieco in uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the seaweed. <laughs> like, that's his, that's his seaweed, is, is back to tanks. So, yeah. There's but, lots but, of uh, communicable things like barucas going around if you're sharing back to tanks. Oh, God, yeah. You have to imagine the back to tank is kind of self-cleaning in that respect. I mean, you'd hope so, but I mean... <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Right. You'd have to imagine because yeah. the alternative <laughs> is pretty vile. The yeah, only other one I would say is a terrible uh, guest is Jar Jar Binks. Just, uh, <laughs> just because he's so clumsy, the whole place would just be we'd like, oh, let oh, me help you. Because he's clumsy. That was the secret I, mean, I was going to be honest as well. Any, anyone <laughs> whose dinner anecdotes have been written by George Lucas, you, you don't <laughs> want the table. Yeah, fuck it. I don't want to bring George Lucas. The person <laughs> whose house I do not want to go around for dinner is Yoda's. Yeah. It's in a swamp. It just looks disgusting food. What, what's he cooking that? What is he cooking that stew out of? Exactly. Still wearing that same robe. Yeah. It's going to smell of, as Dan said, Yoda, he, 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 will, he clearly smells of like moss. You know? Yeah. It's like the yeah, worst. Yeah, like vegan a nice house. earthy, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's not a stench, is it? Yeah. Whereas, whereas um, Obi-Wan balls. I, but yeah. In honour of May the 4th, I am drinking my Stormtrooper beer, nice. Shadow Stout. Yeah. I think he, I think he'd smell like the, the reject box in a charity shop. <laughs> you know, the stu- it's like the second-hand pants. <laughs> like someone's like put them in a donation bag. You know, they put them in there. It's like, oh. The, the, yeah, the, the incinerator pile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really hope it stops raining soon. <laughs> I really have to get out of here. <laughs> Fuck, I can't see. <laughs> I was thinking, in, in terms of other like characters you wouldn't want to invite to your house, Jawas. Because yeah. they would nick just everything. Nick yeah. yeah. Just, dirty, you, dirty you little things. <laughs> and Ewoks, because yeah. they'll eat your pets. Or you. Or you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will hear nothing against the Ewoks. I don't know. They're I mean, they eat cute. people. 
They do, they do. There's that like, was established in one of the, I think, yeah. Star Wars stories graphic novels, wasn't it? It's yeah, like well, the, Family Guy as well. Yeah, and Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they 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 immediately take Han and Luke off, tie them to a spit, and light a fire underneath yeah. them. <laughs> They're going to eat them until they find a very um, for, fortuitous situation where. Um, their god looks exactly like the the uh, droid that they happen to be with. So, uh, so yeah, it's like a Star Wars plot that hinges on Hang ridiculous on. serendipity. It's Star Wars bollocks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so speaking of, sus- how have we all seen the Obi Wan trailer that dropped today? Yes, yes, it's very. Good. I, wasn't no, actually asking. I wasn't really talking about it. it. Oh, sorry. Uh, there's, there's an Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer, and it's really good. Just just quickly before we get there, uh, Dan says, if Chewie loses charade, someone is losing an arm. Um, and um, <laughs> Gonk droids are walking battery chargers, aren't they? There is always a guest that wants to borrow a phone charger, so it's super useful. Nobody's going to have yeah, the sure. lightning Gonk. adapter to Gonk droid cable, are they? <laughs> they're, yeah. very, they're very proprietary. I own. never even remember to take a phone charger anywhere, so I, no. I'm not I'm not really a good guy for that. Exactly, Gonk Droid, pretty handy. They can charge mm-hmm. up like a an X Wing, can't they? So, so yeah. Um, yeah, it does look good. I can so, even manage to make my two year old iPhone last more than three hours. <laughs> <laughs> so planned um, obsolescence. Um, so yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi trailer looks amazing. We got a first glimpse of Darth Vader in it as well, which is nice. Um, is he ready, Tom? Uh, let me let me go check. So I'll just go, I'll go offline momentarily just yeah, to, sure. uh, yeah, no just to see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, anyway. it's weird that you never get to speak to him though. Oh, it's just a shame, really. He's gone. Oh, why why do we indulge this? I'm, I'm sure it's not healthy. <laughs> it's been four years, Russ. We have to keep going with it now. <laughs> I have to believe it now. I have to believe this is the you real you and McGregor. I would love it if we could somehow ever get you and McGregor on this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously we do every what? time. Here. The real joke would be if Tom ever manages to get the real you and McGregor. Oh my god, it's him! <laughs> Unbelievable. Hello there. Hello there. Uh, Hello. Delighted to be joining. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> delighted to be joining you from the uh, the set of Obi Wan Kenobi. As you can see, I'm staying very much in character. Uh, keeping myself uh, very occupied. You look um, still on the set yeah. of something that presumably finished filming quite some time ago. Well, absolutely. I'm just on standby for the second series in case sure. this uh, six-episode mini epic uh, does as well as everyone thinks it's going to do. <laughs> One of my favourite things is that you, McGregor, is clearly standing very close to a microphone all of a sudden. Absolutely. I think it's the satellite uplink uh, that's, uh, that's that's causing the uh, the sort of slightly louder uh, audio quality. Yeah, that'll be it. Your uh, your your picture seems to have frozen up a bit, but we can we can hear you fine. So yeah. I'm sure that's great. Nice. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's going to be going uh, live soon, uh, and um, you know, you've seen in the trailer that I spend uh, a lot of time as Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, in the in the TV show about Obi Wan Kenobi. If you've got any questions, I'd be happy to field some of them, but nothing personal. <laughs> you have any problems? We, one of the, one of the things that is reassuring about the trailer so far is that it does not seem to be six episodes of of Obi Wan Kenobi sitting on a sand dune on Tatooine, going, "Yep, 
Well, he's still okay. Well, you should have seen the first draft, actually. Charlie Borman uh, <laughs> turned his hand to uh, to trying to script some of them. And in fact, the first draft was basically uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, basically just acclimatizing. Uh, the first six episodes were, you know, finding out where the shops were, um, rubbing coconut oil into uh, my blistered skin from the twin sons of Tatooine um, and, uh, you know, shaking sand out of my undercrackers, um, <laughs> you know, and just generally trying to, uh, you know, uh, steal a bit of moisture from the moisture farmers. Um, and, and it was awful. Um, you know, it was, Obi-Wan it was, and his best friend go on a, a speeder bike tour of Tatooine. Absolutely. It was it was awful. It was very much the, the quality that you'd expect from someone like Charlie Ball. Who who very much has made a career out of going around the world with me and then <laughs> writing books and making that his job, um, you know. And so we got some better <laughs> scriptwriters in who've turned it into this massive epic um, that show that Obi Wan didn't, in fact, just spend twenty years sitting around staring at his winkle. Um, he was actually out doing all sorts of stuff with Inquisitors and Darth Vader and some of the best-loved characters from the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> um, I've, I'm thrown. I, I've totally forgotten what I was going to ask, actually, um, Ewan. Um, um, what, uh, oh, was it fun to work with Hayden Christensen again? It was, yes, it's always good. <laughs> It's, 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 sorry that was just uh, one of the sound men uh just uh accidentally came into picture right there um it was lovely working with hayden again and and in fact it was it was fantastic i was part of the uh group of people who found him underneath the bridge in brooklyn um and we 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 removed all the cardboard um that he'd covered himself in he was calling himself cardboard veda um and charging five pounds five pounds in, in America, five dollars um, for, um, you know, a picture with Hayden Christensen as Cardboard Vader. Um, but we rescued him. We brought him back and we put him on the set. We put him back in the suit and uh, he's been he's been absolutely lovely to see him again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what he can like. There must be a little bit of him that's like, I'm going to bloody well nail it this time. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's absolutely full of beans, uh, full of gusto. And, you know, I, w- I wish him well. I wish him well. He's not on the set anymore. In fact, there's, there's, there's no one on the set anymore at the moment. So uh, apart from Charlie uh, and myself. What's Charlie doing? Uh, he's looking after me. Um, oh, that's nice. Spent most of the time just riding around around the set on a yeah. motorbike. Yeah. So, so I think we're all sort of we're all, we're all quite looking forward to this. Mm. This, this is going to be this is going to be the palate cleanser after the book of Boba Fett turned out to be really quite boring. Absolutely. But of course, the one thing that people say that was missing was Ewan McGregor. And I'm pleased and delighted to confirm that I am in fact in this. Uh, so it will be better That's than good. most other things with Star Wars. Well, people uh, was, it fun, was it fun getting your lightsaber out again? Absolutely. I absolutely love, uh, in fact, it's contracted uh, lightsaber. Um, it has to come out at least once um per shoot uh, i believe most of them will be deleted scenes that will be accessible by people who sign up to the um disney plus uh platinum package or whatever it's called um who will be able to see my lightsaber close up and very personally cool anyone got any more questions for ewan mcgregor <laughs> no you're, you're looking a lot better than you're looking a lot less crumpled than and sort of stained than the last time we saw you which is uh which is nice 
Well, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the biggest question perhaps has to be why uh, I'm dressed as the Obi-Wan Kenobi from Revenge of the Sith rather than the one <laughs> from the actual promotional I'm shots. That which has something to do with which what anyone image would, result comes up first on Google. Uh, absolutely, which, which anyone <laughs> would be able to very simply have got hold of had they spent more than two minutes trying to find a picture that uh, worked here. You know, I'm just, I'm just guessing. Well, this has been fascinating. Have you ever, have you ever thought about doing uh, voice acting work yourself, Ewan? Uh, yeah, I've done a bit of voice acting myself. Um, I, you know, and I think about it very often, actually. And, and to be fair, Rich, uh, pleasure to meet you. Uh, and if uh, there is anything I can do, uh, you know, you've got the number. Um, it's basically Charlie Borman's mobile number. Um, just give him a call and he'll put you straight through. Have you ever wanted, you. wanted someone that sounds vaguely-ish like Ewan McGregor? To, uh, to, uh, to do, no, 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 blame no, okay. Well, you know, uh, the offer's always there. Um, anyway, I'm, that's I'm a, it. I'm a little, I'm a little starstruck, sorry. <laughs> it's fine, it's absolutely fine. I mean, you know, going from Andy Serkis to Ewan McGregor, uh, it's quite a step up in terms of a listing, um, you know, celebrities. So, uh, look, with that, I'm just going to say, tune in. Uh, we need all the viewers we can get. Um, you know, and uh, thanks very much for having me on here. Delighted as always to be here. Um, Rich, pleasure to see you. Uh, hopefully, you'll get home nice and safe, unless you're already home, in which case that's fine. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi away. <laughs> All right. Yes. Cheers, Ewan. Now, I'm guessing there's going to be a brief, awkward pause here of about the time it takes to rename yourself on Zoom. <laughs> I mean, is it just me or? Does he sound a bit more like um, Parkinson? He's sounding more and more northern than he's yeah. Scottish. Well, yeah. he's getting older, isn't he? Yeah, is that what happens? Do you think he's going to have a magically a, a stash of Parker pens? No. Oh, look, it's oh. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, the illusion is ruined. <laughs> It's as if no one would have known anyway. So oh, how, how was that, guys? Was that... Uh, <laughs> did, they, did, he, did he come through okay? <laughs> yeah, it was great, yeah. Yeah, it was good, yeah. yeah. It was wonderful. No, so thanks. I really that. hope that, that you enjoy yourself doing this sort of thing. I was... I'm sorry, I was too busy modulating the frequencies to make sure it came through yeah. okay on the, um, the, the board. Just because you know you would you'd hate to think that somebody goes to all this this effort for something <laughs> truly pathetic and they're not at least getting something out of it themselves. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I, I get. Uh, well, I would imagine if anyone were doing that, then I. Yeah. All right. No. No. He's out. He's gone now. Uh, yeah. But no, I get. I get a lot of pleasure from it. I would imagine, were it not just a cleverly crafted illusion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a little bit miffed by it there, really, because you didn't tell me you and McGregor was on the same night as me. So like, I could have come on next week. Oh, you, you got top yeah. billing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, but I feel bad now. Like you've stuck you and him at the end. <laughs> I know. Had you known? Had you known? He's very busy. He's still on the set. Yeah, <laughs> so but, and know. also don't 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 give anyone around here the idea that maybe we should do a full episode with you and <laughs> because <laughs> I. Uh, I, I'm not sure anyone come. could really take that. I don't want to. I don't want to let people see too much behind the curtain. But if that was something we would ever consider doing, I would be so up for it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would only work if you interviewed yourself. I don't you've got such a rapport. You'd have to. You'd probably have to do the interview. I think. Yeah, it would probably just have to be yeah. you and Ewan. 
really. Yeah, you and yeah. McGregor. Yeah. You and that's what we'd call it. <laughs> that's what we call it. You yeah. and McGregor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. That, that, wow. I really wish I'd been here for that. It's. it's uh, weird. Oh God, I can't believe I'm doing this. It was like you were with yeah. us in spirit, Tom. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, there we go. Is there anything else anyone else wants to say aside from head to www.penguinaudiodiscworldbooks.com and <laughs> well, you can try that? <laughs> and then when that doesn't work, you can go to Audible and buy them there. <laughs> there we go. Or do that. Much easier. Much easier. Simple. It's easy, isn't it? websites are all they're all about confidence really aren't they just start typing <laughs> strokes and you'll get to where you were hoping for that's probably what happened to that guy looking for tractors <laughs> he was looking for the dominator did you not know russ i am um, oh, yeah he's looking saw... for, was it the field dominator combine harvester oh lord i, I mean um, i saw something disgusting in co-op the other day well, like was... they just had strap a... in everyone are you sure the world needs to hear this? It took us like six years to drag out the Bill Nye story, but here comes a co-op story, so buckle up, guys. <laughs> I was just going to say there's something disgusting. They just had this, just tractors, just like a magazine of tractors, middle shelf, not even top shelf, just middle shelf, just there. Any, any child could go and pick it up and flick through. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. The filth. It's nice to know that the affairs oh of state are... <laughs> definitely prioritized by people aren't they you know you can you can see what ranking they get in their day-to-day thoughts ranking did you say <laughs> yeah good hard ranking um anyway on that grotesque note uh let's wrap this mother up tighter than a mummy uh and uh so obviously <laughs> thanks for joining us on the stream sorry I completely lost my sense of uh, being right there uh thanks very much for joining us on the stream if you joined us wave everyone wave including you rich that's why they're here um excellent wave thanks very much for joining us on the stream if you were joining us and listening to us through your ears on itunes spotify uh soundcloud whichever podcast you choose to use uh thanks very much for doing that you're definitely the majority try the stream once in a while be nice to see our faces put some faces to those names that you keep hearing yeah, it'd be, be lovely. It would be great. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate that. You're my hype man, as always. Um, and uh, we've obviously got some podcasts coming up uh, soon. Dan, hit us yeah, with what's um, coming. So, so I'm I'm behind on the pods again because the draft got in the way. So this pod will be released along with the two two more of the robot ones. Uh, and they'll be released Robots. on Friday. Robot ones, yeah. Oh, Excellent. and World Cup of Robots. Um, round two will be going up tomorrow. So... Some, some big names dropping out in the first Ooh, round already. Good. Sh- shall, I, shall, I, shall I tease some? Shall I tease some mm-hmm. of the things? Te- tease a couple of them, yeah. Tease a couple of the ones that, that we, we, we are. Well, we've got Wally versus Eva. That's a crazy oh, one, yeah. Oh, I'll just read them out, actually. How, how about that? Let's just let's just go crazy here. How about that? Um, so, yeah, we have uh, Wally versus Eva. How's about um, a Cylon versus Megatron? Mm-hmm. Um, K2SO versus Crichton. Uh, T1000 versus Fresh Cut Grass. <gasps> CG. Yeah, FCG. Um, Marvin the Paranoid Android versus R2D2. That Ooh. one's. That, that, is a, that is a bit of a heartbreak, that one. Uh, there's, Bishop, there's not going to be any winners there. No, definitely not. <laughs> I'm so glad R2D2 oh, just completely. But RTD's just slapped down fucking um, C3PO, though. That was good. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Bishop versus ED209. Ooh. And there we go. That's it. So, yeah. Some good ones this time. Oh, Hypnodisc. I cannot believe Hypnodisc did not get 
It's the only one that's a real bloody robot, and it I, didn't get through the first I round. I can't believe Hypnodisc, the robot that's only remembered if you were a certain age, um, then b- between the ages of 38 and 40. Dan, I, I hate to shatter your illusions, but if you were to break down the demographics of who listens to this pod, for, for 35 to 40-year-old white men from the UK are probably going to be a fairly dominant category. It's, in it's a fair point. It's a fair point, yeah. It's a fair point. Mm-hmm. So, with all that out of the way, uh, obviously, if you want to interact with us and you want to share any of your opinions on what we've spoken about, and you want to talk about, you want to ask questions about Discworld books, or you want to share your opinion about them as well, please do head to uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just use our handle at TMTOH. And don't forget, in our Instagram bio, you'll find a link to our Discord server, uh, and you can join in some conversations that are going on there. There's always something going on. There's always something to talk about. uh, So it's well worth plopping in. With that, we are at the end of the podcast, so we're going to say goodbye, Russ. Bye, Us. We're going to say goodbye, Dan. Bye, babes. Oh, uh, don't forget to vote on uh, National Make a Tory Sad Day tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Duncan, goodbye. Cheery, bye. Finally, a very big thank you to Rich from Penguin Audio for joining us. Rich, goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. Absolute pleasure. And on that note, if my voice stays <clears throat> at this lovely baritone, let's cue the music. <laughs>